Welcome to the Tiproxy Method, creating confident learners. The Tiproxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Proxy Method, Creating Confident Learners. I'm Tawny Tabraxi, the founder and creator. Today, we're going to look at the difference between awareness and focus and what the difference is and how that presents itself differently in academics. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much and let's get started. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. When I think of teaching, one of the biggest tools I think is the building of relationship and teaching a child through the discussion and the dialogue that happens in and utilizing the teaching moment. And that's the quickest way to academic success is teaching them directly to what they don't know and what they struggle with as it comes up in discussion. Again, I talk a lot about as a teacher when I am working one-on-one with kids, I'm playing more detective of the knowledge that is missing, how they process, how they think critically for themselves, and what to teach to fill in anything that is not embodied or understood with ease. So... I always say if a child knows something, if they can teach it or explain their thinking um, to someone or somebody else, and the richness of that answer shows the depth of how much they're actually retaining and understanding and how much they've understood. So for the kids who just can't really explain their thinking or rush through things, a lot of times there's missing knowledge that they're trying to cover up by not being able to really share what they know. Because when somebody knows something really well, whether it's a story or a math concept or an academic term, or they feel really confident in it, they can talk about it. But the ones who really gloss over it, I can tell and know that they don't quite have it yet. So again, a good marker of whether a child understands something or really knows something is how well they can explain it and how well they can teach it to someone else. And I I do work with a lot of kids who I feel like the lack of focus, the ADD comes and utilizes with the kids who were outside of academics. Maybe things come really, really easily. They're natural athletes. They're natural artists. Um, They are curious about the world, but then when they have to put those concepts or skills to paper is where they kind of struggle. And there are these kids where a lot of things come easily for them, and then they get tripped up in the grit of the of some of the academic work, whether for them it's the math concept or the spelling or the writing or the reading. 
And remember, I, I, I'm always looking at the core subjects and the foundation, how they're talking to themselves, how they're processing. So that a lot of that's in the uh, foundation course, at least the, or the brain body connection stuff is in the foundation course, how to make the neurogenesis and the neuroplasticity of the brain and the retention of information through focus and more presence and positivity allows for those kind of things, the, the core subjects, right? Because if we have those in line, right, the math, the spelling, the writing, the reading, everything else builds upon that. And with some of these kids where things come naturally or they are very curious about the world, they have a lot of memorization techniques in their toolbox. They've memorized how to do the worksheet. And so if it's the same type of math problem or same type of spelling thing, they just have remembered what that sheet is asking them. There's no real understanding of the concepts itself sometimes. And so when content gets harder, we're talking third, fourth, fifth grade, so on, middle school, high school, those memorization techniques that they've done without true embodiment and true understanding and learning of whether how to read fluently, how to spell fluently, how the number sense and math foundational core and topics, if they're not there, they're going to struggle. So these really smart, intelligent kids where things come easy to them, again, they really tend to be very curious about the world. They tend to not have that focus as well. That's where some of this stuff comes in. And I I noticed that they're not used to the struggle. And I, I talked about this in another episode where I had a friend who was a math TA in college at UC San Diego, and there was one course that I was really, really struggling with, and he gave me the best analogy of you have to go from A to point B to C, and that B is usually the bottom of valley, and you have to struggle up to get to point C to really understand something. And sometimes when this analogy is brought to these kids' awareness that most kids things come easily for them, the struggle that they're going through is actually a normal process or it's being brought to their attention for something new. It tends to take some of that angst away or that like kind of struggle, like that's beyond struggle. It's almost that idea of like when we're upset as humans, as adults even, we're like, I don't want to be upset on top of already being upset. It's almost like a double compounding of suffering. If we're already upset or, you know, it is what it is, but our added emotional weight to, I don't want to be upset about the thing I'm upset of, almost compounds that. So if we can kind of take away that part, and that's where I think positivity and the three grateful things and the gratitude that I teach in the foundation course is really important. So that you're only dealing with what's in front of you, not the emotional stuff on top. So again, the kids where things come easily for them or they're easily distracted, we're helping them know that the learning process in academics is it's, it's normal to struggle, you know. So what is the difference between focus versus awareness? I always talk about focus is the, is the task at hand, that laser focus. And I'll talk more about that. That's in my um, foundation course as well, where the mind's eye and the eyes are lined up so that there's almost this feeling of non-spaciness is how some of my students talk about it. And this also helps with tracking and reading, especially the kids who are visually based learners versus or readers versus phonetic based readers. And I do have a free assessment video if you sign up at pages.tawnytutors.com forward slash newsletter. I have a whole eight minute video that walks you through the difference and what trigger words are and why laser focus is important. I don't talk about laser focus there, but I just talk about it in the foundation course. When they have the laser focus, the mind's eye in line with the eyes, what the eyes are seeing, there is this 
focus in the body, that lack of spacing out, and they are laser focused on what they're doing versus awareness is more knowing about something or having heard of it or paying attention to it or thinking that something is important. So there's a difference between the two. Focus is actually being focused at the task at hand and how focused am I? So that is an academic skill. And then awareness is knowing whether something is important to know or not. I have some really, really intelligent kids and super curious, always questioning, have a lot to say, but some of those day-to-day things that 85% of the kids tend to know about, they seem to not think it's important. The days of the week, the months of the year, how many seconds there are in a minute or how many minutes an hour, how many days in the year, and so forth. That's just not in their awareness. The spelling of those words, the words themselves, they haven't thought it's very important. The days and and the time is just kind of out there. So it's interesting when those type of things, the months of the year, time, the days of the week are just not part of what they've considered focus. I call that, that's not really in their awareness. Presence is the focus and what you're doing for the task at hand. How well am I doing that? I can watch students be silly with me using voices to read, entertain themselves, but they're still focused and engaged with what they're doing. Um, And there can be a level of movement and relaxation, but not to the point that it's distracting for them or even for me. Sometimes I have to remind kids like, hey, you're so wiggly that me as a teacher even trying to explain this thing cannot focus because you're taking my attention away. So I really, again, that embodiment, mind, body in one place doing the task at hand, that is the feeling of focus. And we need that, of course, to fully absorb any information in the world of academics. But awareness is knowing something is important in academics when we're talking about awareness in that way. I have students in late elementary and early middle school who don't know common knowledge. I'm talking the days of the week, times, months of the year, and the spelling of them. And I've been told by some of them, I was never taught this. And I believe them. It might have been, you know, the calendar is done as a group and, you know, the day of the week or the date is on the board, but there was never this explicit teaching. So really, a lot of information in school settings is absorbed kind of implicitly, which works for 85% of kids and 85% of information, I would even say. But for that 15% where they have to be explicitly taught, you need to know what the days of the week are and how to spell them. You need to know the months of the year and how to spell them. And until they're directly taught, it's not in their awareness. And they get to say, I was never taught this because in some ways they weren't. It was kind of just peripheral knowledge and it wasn't brought to their awareness that it was important for them to know. And yeah, maybe it's not that it's not, wasn't taught in the classroom. We know in the younger years, you do the calendar every day in the months, but they were never made to learn them specifically for them and completely write what they are and how to spell them because a task was never asked of them. And so these common knowledge or even it can be spelling patterns or math concepts and stuff like that, it was just never brought to their attention as being important. A lot of times kids who are super curious about the world and where there is the grit of focus and grit of academics to make to stay with the content 
and they tend to be bright kids who are distracted, when something is brought to their attention, they tend to pick it up pretty quickly, whether it's the days of the week, the months of the year, something common like that, that maybe they weren't paying attention. But if I have kids who don't know this stuff, I'll start asking them weekly and usually pretty quickly within a week or two, they've got it. So again, once it's brought to the awareness that this is important an academic skill or academic knowledge, they tend to retain it better. It wasn't in their awareness. And so now it's been brought to their awareness. And so they can focus on it and, and actually learn that information that maybe they're missing for themselves. And it's interesting to me that I see kids as late as upper elementary school or middle school who are not aware of these things. I know seasons as well can sometimes be in this category of common knowledge in Hawaii. You know, we only have one season or we have two seasons, hot summer and cold summer. Actually, that's what they used to say in the Bahamas. <laughs> so I get where that's a little bit harder, but you know, some, some common information does kind of bypass some kids because it's not brought to their attention and their awareness. And again, 85% of students absorb information passively, but those 15% where school doesn't work for them well or as well, they're the ones who need to be explicitly taught and asked these type of questions. And they usually learn the information pretty quickly once it's brought to their attention and awareness. They go into that laser focus mode and then they're like, oh, I'm supposed to know this. And then they've got it. I typically ask the days of the week, the months, how to spell them. For the ones who really struggle, they start writing the date every time I see them and I quiz the older ones until they're aware and can spell that stuff. And then I also see this with money now. I don't know that kids maybe just don't um, use cash money as much. And then also time. So there's something about these very common knowledge, the dates and months of the year, money and time that some kids really struggle with. It's not in their awareness. It's kind of just peripheral knowledge. So I typically end up asking those kids, you know, those kind of check in how many seconds in a minute, how many minutes in an hour you know, what's a quarter, those kind of things just aren't need to be brought to certain kids attention. And a lot of kids who do struggle with this, they're very good at spacing out. And if you've ever had that feeling of spacing out, whether in a classroom, an office, a conversation, I remember as a kid actually spacing out, it feels good. It's almost like this yummy feeling. And so, but they have to learn how to turn it on and off. So that's where some of the foundational stuff in the foundation course comes into with the breathing, with the gratitude, with the focus of balance on one foot and the ball exercises that go with that, that helps them find that embodiment of non-spacing out laser focus to be able to focus in a classroom to concentrate. And then a lot of this peripheral knowledge, if they're more aware and more focused, they tend to absorb it as well. So lately I've been teaching the idea of lasers or focus with them where their mind's eyes lined up the eyes themselves. Again, this is also something that happens with kids who are dyslexic or um, visual-based learners who tend to misorient the letters. So our brain actually was not ever made to read and write. We as a species developed, you know, how to hunt and gather and so forth. So in the 3D world, again, a dog is a dog, whether you look at the front of the dog or the back of the dog, the top of the dog with its ears, it doesn't matter what your orientation is, which way your mind's eye is looking and what your eyes are seeing. But in the world of 2D, of academics, of symbols, of letters and numbers, it matters that B can turn into a P or a D and so forth. So this is part of that laser focus too that helps with tracking and reading and spelling and writing. 
but I've been talking a lot with kids about laser focus and it's the opposite feeling of spacing out. So when I asked one of my older kids, okay, what do I mean by laser focus? He's like, yes, my my eye and my mind's eye are lined up, but I also don't feel spaced out. And they just get it. And sometimes this is the only skill that they need to focus in school. And then more of that information that was not brought into their awareness. So the focus and awareness is slightly linked. Again, focus is how well am I actually present with the task at hand versus awareness. Did I know it was important in awareness in the terms of academics? Is it important? Was I aware that was important? Is this information I actually need to know? And then I also, in terms of focus and awareness, teach them about an energy dial. Again, that's in the foundation course. I had one student who, when I taught her the energy dial, she literally rejected the idea of it because that would make her more responsible to be present and focused and aware of what was going on. And then another way that I help with focus is the work with balance, Um, simply balancing on one leg, um, imagining that someone is holding their shoulders and that feeling of steadiness is the feeling that they need to translate and be translated into focus when they're doing a school task at hand. Again, really those core subjects, math, reading, writing, and teaching children how to turn on and off for a task at hand. Again, we don't have to be hyper-focused if we are not needing that, if the academic task at hand doesn't need that. Again, at recess, watching a movie, petting a dog, it doesn't really matter how focused you are. But when we want kids to absorb information, be aware of it and focus, so both of those together, they need to be able to turn themselves on. So there's a few tools like the energy dial, the balance work, which is a neurogenesis and neuro uh, connector between the hemispheres that help them focus, but also, you know, helping them with the laser focus as well. And again, I I talk a lot about that and show those step-by-step in the foundation course. But I did talk in the last episode of why it's so important to have a designated space for learning or homeschooling. With my two kids in Switzerland, I essentially was a classroom so I could physically see my high schoolers turn on and off when I came in for the day and left. And I have my own classroom space here where students come to me and I work from here when I'm remote and online because it's a marker for me to focus. It's a space of focus that's been created, much like when you walk into a yoga studio or a church, the imprint of the sacredness is there or deep into nature. We just, spaces can dictate how focused we are and it goes the same for learning spaces classrooms or a home desk or a space that homework's always done. If you are homeschooling, it's super, super important to create a space that is has a ritual that helps them, the body and brain turn on when it's time to focus and learn. We're using the environment to signal that. So again, we need both the awareness that something is important in academics But we also need the tools that help kids become more aligned and focused and embodied so that they can really, truly learn a task at hand and then be able to explain it, teach it to someone else to really show and embody true knowledge of the academic task at hand, the academic subject at hand. Be 
sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.